Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'm Pastor Carl McLaughlin from Calvary Pentecostal Church in Euless, Texas. We're located in Dallas-Fort Worth, where 8 million call DFW home. Whether you're tuning in to Sunday or Wednesday's message, we pray that you will find words of encouragement. It is our mission to provide a positive and encouraging voice in the midst of uncertainty. I pray that you will be blessed by today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Upper Room Podcast. We are so happy you're here. Thank you for listening. Today, we're going to hear an incredible word from Pastor entitled Six Foundation Stones to Build On. He focuses on building your character in this episode. I hope you're strengthened, and I hope this episode blesses you today. I, I, want, to, I want to teach tonight. I want to teach tonight on six foundation stones to build on. Six foundation stones to build on. And I would like to turn your attention to the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 3 through 4. I am launching a series that I will be teaching the next, uh, counting tonight, seven weeks. Uh, this is an introduction lesson, and the introductory lesson is on character, godly character. From, from this study of character, there I will present six different character qualities that is needed to lead yourself well. Before a person would ask, can I be on a team? Before a person would ask, can I lead a team? Before a person would ask, can I lead a department? Before a person would ask, can I pastor a church? I just described a leadership ladder or described a leadership pipeline. You've got to know how to lead yourself well. If you don't learn character, you don't need to export any other idea that you have about leadership. You've got to get it right on the inside first. Otherwise, an individual, man or woman, teen, whatever the case may be, will not have the character internally to sustain what God is going to do in their life externally. And ultimately, there will be a caving in. And many, many people can get hurt when that occurs. And so I want to read to you from Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 4 in the New King James Version. <clears throat> and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. My, uh, my title again is Six Foundation Stones to build on. If that bothers you, that preposition being the last of that sentence, six foundations on which to build, however you want to frame that. Let's pray together. God, I love you so much, and I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness. I love you, mighty God of heaven, and I pray that you would direct our steps here tonight, asking you, Lord, to please um, deal with us. Deal with our spirit. Deal with our character. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Godly character is like a cornerstone that is then connected to other character qualities in a person's life. 
And when these subsequent stones are aligned to that cornerstone that we will call character and aligned by the Spirit and the Word of God, there is unlimited potential residing in such a life. While there are many that could be listed, we will focus on six. Six foundation stones essential to leading yourself well. If you want to secure the favor of God in your life, if you want to be in a position where God can move you forward, if you want to be well spoken of by the brethren, as Timothy was when Paul was looking for someone to help him in the ministry, one of the first things he did is he asked for, uh, he asked the church body and he said, hey, what do you think about Timothy? Hey, what do you think about Timothy? Hey, I need to ask you a question. Um, uh, Brother Burt, what do you think about Timothy? And so Paul went around to church members and, and predominantly to elders and started asking character questions about Timothy. And the, the end result was that he was well spoken of by the brethren. He, his reputation and his godly character went before him. If you're interested in growing the seed of your calling, you must start with character. You have heard me talk about the leadership pipeline. You've also heard me talk about the leadership ladder. And what the leadership pipeline or leadership ladder, in fact, if you've got your thinking caps on right now and you even want to come up with another synonym for either pipeline or ladder, um, because we haven't locked into this yet. I'm talking to Kate Hendrick, I'm talking to Ron Trimmer, I'm talking to Tim Jacobs and some others about establishing a leadership pipeline. The leadership pipeline is not original with me. It actually comes from a secular book in the business world, but then a guy by the name of um, uh, Mac Lake took it. In fact, he got on staff at a church, and the first thing that the pastor asked him to do when he was hired on staff at a church is to create a leadership pipeline in that particular church because what they wanted to do is grow leaders from within that church and not have to hire from the outside all of the time. And so what Mac Lake did is he took that secular book called Leadership Pipeline and he, he rewrote a book. And, and so what he has done is he has created a leadership pipeline. One of the things that he has not written is how to lead yourself well. He has books written, and they're actually broken down into modules, actually eight modules. So it's almost like weekly lessons that he has created. Um, but in that, he has not written about leading yourself well. He's written leading leaders, or leading leaders, um, leading uh, others, leading departments, and leading a church. So what I'm doing here tonight is starting with leading yourself. If we were going to identify a leadership pipeline or a leadership ladder... Um, it would be lead yourself. I don't know if we have that slide, but you can show that. Lead yourself, lead others, lead a department, lead leaders, and then lead a church. So this is like a leadership ladder. This is like a leadership pipeline. So you can think in terms of lead yourself well. What I'm going to be doing is there are seven lessons. I'm, I'm, this is an introduction, but then I will teach on six characteristics 
on how to lead yourself well. Then, once you go into leading others, there are six lessons. Leading a department, six lessons. Leading leaders, six lessons. And then leading a church, six lessons. So even as we establish this in Calvary going forward, this leadership pipeline, we can take every leader and develop them in a very systematic approach so that we're not taking someone who may be character deficient here, leading themselves well, all of a sudden they start leading a department or they lead a team at Calvary and then we have a character break and all of a sudden we've got to go into emergency mode and we're doing patchwork on this individual. Now obviously this isn't going to be a vouchsafe um, um, leadership ladder where there are never going to be any problems again but at least it is a very systematic approach that can address character issues. In fact it addresses two things. It addresses character and then a corresponding competency skill that follows that character. Everybody with me? Everybody with me? And, and so lead yourself, lead others. Do we still not have that slide? Um, okay, if you can, just work on that. Lead yourself, lead others, lead a department, lead leaders, and lead a church. Leadership will destroy the man or woman whose character is not prepared for it. So let me run through the six that I will cover after tonight. Integrity, the, co the corresponding competency that I will deal with is effective communication. Number two, responsibility. The corresponding competency is time management. Third is humility. The corresponding competency is servanthood. Fourth is purity. The corresponding competence is transparency. Fifth, spiritual maturity. The corresponding competence that a person should have is disciplined growth. And then finally, sixth is charity, and the competency would be team unity. For tonight, all we're addressing is our character. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. In verse 10 is what I'd like to emphasize. For he looked for a city which hath foundations. Notice our theme this year is strong foundations. What was Abraham looking for when he was moving through a strange land? He was looking for a city that had foundations whose builder and maker is God. The Jews and Judaism often described God as an architect and as a builder of the world. In fact, we see that in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 4. The Bible says, for every house is builded by some man... But he that builds all things is God. So in the Jewish mind, they thought in terms of God being an architect and God being a builder. That there's nothing that you see with the eye or anything invisible that God did not build and God did not have the blueprint for. He has built everything. If he built it, he has a strong foundation. Amen. When Abraham pursues a city with foundations, he does so in stark contrast to a strange land and knows that there is a difference uh, foundationally because God made it and God built it. 
as the architect and the builder of your world, God will begin in the unseen areas of your life. We can all look around the, the church right now. We can look in everybody sitting here. But the question that we all must ask is, what is God doing on the inside of your life? Is it just that we are prepared for giving, uh, preaching a message or are we just preparing to play a keyboard or are we just preparing to sing or are we just preparing to be a greeter or are we just preparing to be an usher? What is God doing deep down in our heart to shape and build our character? Because if God, and we're not allowing God to build our character, we can have, we can have a greeter out there now, but next year they may not be there, not because they weren't a good greeter, but because they didn't have godly character in their heart, and they chased after sin when they should have been chasing after righteousness. We can have a good keyboard here that can play with skill, but if God's not building a character inside of the keyboard player, that keyboard player can be gone next year. The church is going to rock on, because the church has a builder and the church has an architect and God is in control of the church. Some people come and some people go, but the church, the church is going to remain here. We don't want anybody going anywhere. That's why we're preaching and teaching about godly character. It's not about our ability. It's not about our competency first. It's about godly character first and everything else is born out of that godly character. Can we clap our hands and give God praise right now? Yeah, God's working on some of you right now. You're under construction right now. God starts in the unseen areas. God made it. He focuses on the inside before he builds on the outside. His priority as an, is an internal work before anything external is accomplished. Raw character is not enough. Character must be proven. When you are getting hammered, tossed, nailed, trashed, hung, analyzed, measured, sanded, and when life seems incomplete and unfinished, it is possible that God is taking raw character and building proven character inside of you. Strong enough to sustain the blessing that's coming in the future. I'm just telling somebody right now, if you're going through the trial of your life and you're being hammered hard right now, God's pulling some junk out of your life so that you're strong enough to sustain the blessing that's coming in the future. He does that for an individual, he does that in a family, and he does that for a church. Come on, Calvary. If you're under the gun and you're going through a storm right now, you may as well go ahead and praise God because a blessing is coming in the future. And he's just making sure that you're not going to backslide because the blessing is so powerful in your life. I'm telling you, the goodness of God is on your life. And God's goodness and God's faithfulness and God's blessing will come to you. But he wants character inside of you that can handle the blessing and not get the big head. So God builds the character of the individual before taking him or her to a higher level. God builds the character of a family. A whole family going through a trial right now? Whole family going through a trial right now? God's not interested in just building your character personally. 
He'll allow your children to go through some things. And he'll allow a mom and dad to grow real frustrated because you're so used to controlling things when they're little babies. But now they're older and you can't control their life. And you're saying, oh God, let them make the right decision. And all of a sudden they make the right decision. And you're blessed and they're blessed. And the whole family is blessed because God built character inside of your family. Don't get discouraged, mom and dad. Uh, hold on to God's hand. He's building something in your family. Could it be that God wants to pour out a blessing on your family that your family has never had? I'm talking about even your mom and dad, grandma and grandpa never had the blessing that's coming in your future. And so God trials you. God puts you through a storm so that when he opens this door and he blesses you, your whole family system has the character. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel like God's doing something in somebody's home. God's doing something in somebody's home. Don't misunderstand how God's working right now. And don't judge prematurely. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 said, He maketh all things beautiful in His time. In His time. If it's not beautiful, it's not the season. The season is coming where the ugliness will part and the beauty will come. You've got to trust Him. You've got to trust him when he's taking you from raw character to proven character. Some of you are going to have some battle scars on you. But those battle scars have built godly character inside of you. Yes. God builds the character of a whole church. Mm -hmm. Be wise for us to step back from everything we just went through the last nine months and say, okay, God... What kind of character are you building in this church system so that we will be able to sustain everything that's coming and we're supposed to accomplish in the future? So what are you saying? What are you saying? What I'm saying is avoid praying for higher levels and instead pray for stronger character in preparation for what God has in your future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've heard it said before, but let me say it again. With higher levels come higher devils. You better make up in your mind. Don't pray for higher levels. Pray for deeper and stronger character so that when the higher devils show up, you say, look, God already took me through the trial. God already, God already beat me down. God already allowed the storm to beat me down. There's nothing left in this flesh. There's no boasting left in this flesh. I'm broken down to a place uh, where no other higher devil is going to make me quit the church. I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to let those things happen. God trialed me and he prepared me. He puts me in a higher level. And when the higher devils show up, I've already been prepared for it. Oh, can we clap our hands and give him praise? He knows what he's doing in your life. He knows why certain people are in your life right now. 
Yes, advancement, enlargement, and promotion in the kingdom of God bring fiercer temptations, harsher attacks, and greater opportunities for destruction. Character shaped and forged in the furnace of courageously overcoming the temptations humbly outlast the attack and will wisely escape the enemy's destructive plans. Those who get in a rush and cannot wait on God's foundational work demonstrate character flaws. Those who cannot receive godly counsel and they are not willing to pay the price for a change order will enjoy immediate short-term satisfaction. But because step, steps were skipped, the potential for later damage is increased. Let me explain what I'm talking about. I've used this analogy often, but I'll say it again because it's fitting in this lesson right now. Underneath this foundation, underneath this platform, around the perimeter of this building, there are footings. I think 27 of them. When we started drilling down, we got 14 feet down and we hit water. I said, well, why wasn't this detected when we did the soil testing? All of these things. You got all these people with this high education and all of this and nobody could figure it out. And this old boy working on the backhoe that had been in Euless for about 40 years said, I could have told you that. I built that school. And we hit, we hit water 14 feet down when we built the school, Euless Junior High. You have to have a degree for that. It's common sense. It's common sense. There's water underneath there. Well, that was all fine and well until Marathon. Oh, Marathon. Until Marathon said to us, that's going to be a change order. Mike Littlefield, pastor and Tyler, told me, said, Carl, when you get ready to build, beware of the dreaded phrase, change order. That means you're about to spend more money. I prayed against that devil. <laughs> I prayed against that phrase and it didn't work. Change order. $64,000 change order. Because of the casing that they had to bring in. Because of the deeper drilling and the concrete they had to pour in to push out the water so that we, there was no mixture there. Why did they do that? They were concerned about your safety. They were concerned about the people that would come into the sanctuary. And even though you can't see it, and you didn't know necessarily. Well, now, we, I've talked about the change order a lot. You can tell it marked me forever. I'm well aware of change orders. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. If there are change orders in the physical world, there can also be some change orders in the spiritual world. And if God taps into some places in your spirit and he hits water and he said, oh no, let's stop everything. We have a change order right now. We need to put some new footings inside of your spirit because people are coming underneath you and people will come to you. We need to know that you're going to be able to sustain everything that you're building. God, you may be going through a change order right now. Right now, if you cannot hit the pause button, you go ahead and hit the green, you hit that accelerator and you rush as fast as you can, but you're putting other people in danger and you're revealing a character flaw. If you can't hit the pause button, back up and say, you know, it may cost me something to, to not do that. It may cost me something to say no. It may cost me something to change plans. It may cost me something to have a delay. But better to spend the $64,000 and be able to go to sleep at night going, we did everything we knew to do. We changed everything we could. We invested all the money we could to make sure the people at Calvary were safe and secure. 
everything within our power. Could you say for your wife, sir, you've done everything in your character you know to do to keep her safe? God, I feel like preaching right now. Sir, it's not funny and it's not cute to flirt with somebody at work. Come on and help me preach now. It's not cool. You're not all that. You're not God's gift to women. You're not, you're not, you're not that good. Can somebody help me preach right now? You've got to make up your mind that you love her more than you love anybody in this world. You love her more than any money. You love her more than any job. You love her more than any title. You love her more than any promotion that you could ever get. You love her with everything. Come on, man. There's got to be some godly character inside of you. That says, I love my wife. I love my children. I love my family. I would never do anything to put them in harm's way. I would never make any kind of decision that would jeopardize them being saved. I know you're in a hurry. I know you're trying to rush through some things. But you better hit the pause button. You better hit the brakes. You better slow down a little bit. God's trying to develop some character inside of you. And some of you are trying to bypass his character development class. And you can get the grade. And you can pass. But five years from now, 15. And are they butting up against water? Or are you founded on bedrock? Are you founded on bedrock? Young adults, please hear this pastor right now. Don't you dare get this completion compulsion feeling inside of you and feel like you've got to rush out and marry outside of the will of God and then somehow try to come back into the church and make it the will of God. You will regret that decision the rest of your life. You just sit tight. You anchor yourself in the house of God and you wait on God and you wait on God's perfect plan and wait on God's destiny. He knows how to put... I can promise you, whatever, whatever's out there, whatever's out there on apostolics, whatever, prayer does a lot more than that. Prayer does a lot more than that. We spend as much time praying as we are searching here. I'm talking about character. I'm talking about character. God as the builder, counselor, and architect wants your foundation that you will be able to sustain category five force winds and remain steady. The Sears Tower, now known as the Sears Tower in Chicago, Illinois, boasts of having 110 stories. It rises a quarter mile in the air, standing at an astonishing 1,454 feet high. It is constructed of 76,000 tons of steel, enough concrete to build an eight-lane highway five miles long. The mammoth structure is eight times the size of the leaning tower of Pisa and stands secure. It refuses to lean even one inch. 
Why? What's the reason? It has a firm foundation. Beneath the Sears Tower, 114 solid rock footings sink deep into the underlying bedrock. Just one of those footings is as deep as the Statue of Liberty is high. It is this foundation that holds this superstructure firmly in place. <clears throat> no wind or storm has ever succeeded in toppling it, nor the 1,600 people who work safely within its walls. Author Greg Johnson states, a leader's character is like the foundation of a building. If it is not strong, deep, and fixed firmly in place, the man's life and all that he has built will eventually fall. It does not matter how anointed he is. It does not matter how attractive his ministry is. It does not matter how powerful his gifts are. Without character, all threatens to collapse. We need godly character. Character that you're going to be here 20 years from now. Character that you could preach at a general conference if you're a preacher. You could play at a general conference or sing at a general conference. And that doesn't really matter a whole lot to you. Because being at home is everything. And the daily grind of leading a church. It's character. I don't really care about the Friday night lights. Just get me in revival on Sunday. Just get me to a Wednesday night Bible study where it really matters and lives and hearts are really changed. Oh, God wants to get some footings inside of us that are so deep down that no amount of success will cause us to collapse. It's character. It's character. I saw this meme. Maybe you saw it. I saw this meme on Facebook. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. It had, it had, two, it had like two booths with two men working in the booths. And one of them said, prophetic gifts and anointing. And the line of people was so long, it like literally cut the line off. The people kept on going. The booth right next to him said, fruit of the spirit and character development. Not one person. Now, we know that's not true. We're after character development. But the message was conveyed. Everybody wants to da, 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 lay hands on you, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, the, the magic happens. Everybody chases after that. But if you don't have character that precedes that, when that happens, you can make an idol out of a prophetic ministry. Just teach the Bible. Just get to Wednesday night Bible study. Just show up to prayer. Just show up and do the fundamentals of church. Just be faithful. Just pay your tithes. That old boy prophesying, got all kinds of miracles happen, hadn't paid his tithes in two years. You got it wrong, Bubba. God, take that prophetic ministry away from him. Put them through a trial that will build footings inside of their life. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. A hollow man or a hollow woman cannot sustain the pressure of temptation. 
they will collapse. A rock-solid man and a rock-solid woman are not exempt. They will face the same temptations or something similar. However, there is a sin resistance inside of them that will either A, avoid it, or B, it will sustain them through the season of temptation. Instead of living with the regrets of what could have been, How many annals of history and corridors of time can we look back on and say, if it wasn't for that character flaw, what could have been in that life? What could have been in that life? What could have been in her life? And what could have been in his life? All of us know, normally it's not theology and it's not Bible and it's not even standards. It's somewhere there was a character flaw. Somewhere they did not close a door when they should have closed a door way back there. And they left that door cracked open and somehow that spirit got into that door and somewhere there was a secret sin. Somewhere they did not handle their temptation. Somewhere they didn't drive the footings deep down. They just thought 14 feet under the ground is okay. And you know water as a foundation is okay. Water is unstable. That's okay to build there. It's not okay, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to make sure that there's a sin resistance inside of us. There's so much godly character that there is, it's like a magnet. There's a part of us that just resists it. We're not going to let sin come into our lives. Can I get some help here? Can I get some help here? You're going to face it. I'm going to face it. We're all going to face it. But there's character inside of us that says, I'm going to sustain through it. I'm not going to give in in that moment. Instead of living with the regrets of what could have been, those who have sin resistance. Live in the victory of what is. Character is the difference between the two worlds. What could have been and what is. What's happening now in their life? Man, heard something devastating the other day. In fact, had a a preacher friend send me a little clip of a man who used to be so powerful. like had the whole package could play, could sing, could preach, could teach could write books, could do everything first started getting offended got bitter isolated himself and then walked away from the truth told me, said I don't believe anything that I'd ever claimed to believe but for a little while held on to one God in Jesus' name baptism. I have it on my phone right now where the same individual is standing up and saying, well, I came out of this particular belief system that believed that there was only one God. But I've been in, and he talks about a book that he had been reading, not the Bible, but a book. That's part of the problem. There's too many books and not the Bible. Books about the Bible, but there's a difference in reading books about the Bible and reading the Bible. We need more of the Bible than books about the Bible. <clears throat> And, and he says, he says, 
now to embrace the Holy Trinity. And he starts talking about, and, and I'm telling you, this is a man that in his prime could wax eloquent in defending the oneness of God. What happened? Character flaw. Character flaw. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Notice, he does not refer to him as Peter, which meant rock solid. That's what Peter, the name Peter means part of the rock. He refers to him as Simon, which meant character flaw. He emphasizes it, Simon, Simon, character flaw, character flaw. Satan has desired to have you. How does Satan get us through a character flaw? Satan has desired to have you, but I have prayed for you. If you're going to backslide, you're going to have to walk through the prayers of Jesus making intercession for you. It's going to be hard for you to backslide. It's going to be hard for you to embrace false doctrine. It's going to be hard for you to go into error. You're going to have to walk beyond the saints' prayers. You're going to have to walk beyond Jesus in the human role making intercession for you. You're going to have to let that character fall. Be a place where it's no escape. What's happening in their life now? Churches aren't getting bigger. The droves of people through compromise are not coming in. When have you ever seen that really work? When have you ever really seen that? Somebody that's walked away from the truth, walked away from one God, walked away from holiness. In their mind, something happens in their mind. They think, if I can just let up on all this, I'm going to have a mega church. Where? Show me a case study where that's actually happened. Probably one or two. I, honestly, if we're going to be honest and objective, there's probably one or two where I could say, you know what? They have grown a huge group of people. But it's not truth. There's a difference between a crowd and a church. You can get a crowd through false doctrine. A church is a rapture-ready group of people. We're building a church. We want to build a church. We want to build a church of people. When that trumpet sounds, your feet are getting up off the ground. Your feet are getting up off the ground. We want to build a church, an ecclesia, a called-out group of people who are living separate and holy unto the Lord, ready for the rapture. All of this happens through character. Joseph refused to be captured by bitterness and live as a prisoner in the land of what could have been. His character resisted being offended by the rejection and sarcasm of his brothers. His character resisted the sin of Potiphar's wife. His character resisted fighting for the coat of many colors, which freed him to shoulder the royal garment uh, of being second in command. So I would say to all of us tonight, be careful of what you're fighting to hold on to. It could prevent you from grasping and gaining something much better than you're trying to hold on to. Character, it's a lot like a magnet. One side is drawn to God, and as that one side of a magnet is drawn to God, it pulls in all of His holiness and all of His holy attributes. The other side of character repels things. It repels 
repels the lust of the flesh. It repels the lust of the eyes. It repels the lust or the pride of life. And it pushes away anything that would threaten the holiness of God. Your character must have two sides to it. Let's draw God into this place. But at the same time, there must be a holiness inside of us that pushes away things that would contaminate the church. Character has a balance between drawing in the holiness and pushing away things that would detract from the holiness of God. It's character that keeps us honest, ethical, and pure. It's character that binds us to our godly responsibilities. It's character that holds us up when the heaviness of temptation threatens to pull us down. What we do at Calvary, and it's critically important, is to promote character and grow potential. So we'll go back to the leadership pipeline or the leadership ladder or any other synonym. Learn to lead yourself, lead others, lead a team, lead a department, lead a church. You don't ask somebody to be in leadership that lacks character and think you're going to get them in a position to grow their character. They've got a lot of potential, but they've got some character issues. Promote character, grow potential. Shoot straight with people. I think you have a tremendous amount of potential, but we've got some character issues that we need to deal with. Are you willing to deal with some character issues? Can we talk about some character issues that you need to grow? Are you comfortable talking about those things? Because if we can, then we can go some really big places together. But if you have character flaws, you're going to feel like a bench warmer the rest of your life. Because you're going to sit the bench. You're working with me? So let's talk about it. Promote character, grow potential. From a pastoral perspective and a ministry department leadership perspective. So, so we don't do end, run, end runs around. So we, don't, we don't go to a leadership or department leader and say, can I be involved, but don't go ask pastor. Or you don't come to pastor, and then pastor doesn't go back and check with the leadership team. I'm talking about character inside of a church right now. I'm talking about accountability to keep the church what it needs to be. We, we honor one another, and we cover each other's back. We don't play those kind of games. You working with me? So from a pastoral perspective and a ministry department leadership perspective, our objective is to promote character and grow potential. Part of character is faithfulness and dependability. So let's ask ourselves some character questions. Number one, and this is just yes-no questions. These are yes-no questions. Number one, am I faithful to the house of God, yes or no? If it's no, probably don't need to be promoted in any kind of leadership. Number two, am I living a life of integrity, striving to align in all areas of my life to the word of God, yes or no? Am I responsible in my use of my time, of my talent, and of my treasure, yes or no? Am I humble when corrected by God or when I'm corrected by spiritual leadership? Am I willing to make necessary changes to have my spirit and attitude right, yes or no? Number five, am I pure in my ministry motives, my relationship with those in the church and my relationship with those outside of the church, yes or no? Number six, am I, spiritually, am I a spiritually mature person who is aware and can manage my spirit and attitude for the sake of the health of the church and my family? Yes or no? If we answer no to any of those, we've got a lot of personal growth to do. Paul sought character 
before competence. Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness. You've got to catch that right there. You've got to catch that right there. Notice what he's saying. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of what? Once I acknowledge truth, this is my belief system, what's the, what's the corresponding behavior? So have we really embraced truth if we're not behaving godly on a daily basis? Is truth just an idea in our mind until it becomes a behavior of godliness? Are you with me? We can, Listen, for heaven's sake, literally. For heaven's sake, literally. Don't claim to know truth and say you're oneness and you're an apostolic if you're not behaving godly 24-7, even when you're on vacation, even when you're in Timbuktu. If we acknowledge truth, we need to walk in godliness. We should never even have to say, I have the truth. Our lifestyle, we should be a living epistle read and known of all men. And one should be able to look at our lifestyle and say, they embrace truth because of their godly lifestyle. All of this happens through truth, godliness, and it produces character inside of us. Watch what he does before he even gets to any competencies. Before, before Paul, so, so we probably would hire a little bit different today, which we shouldn't, but we probably do. He doesn't even address any competencies in the ministry before he addresses character issues in the ministry. He says, if you don't have your character right, we don't need your competencies. This is what Paul's saying. So let's continue to read. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. King James says the world began. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior, to Titus, a true son in our common faith. Notice what he says here. Paul, and then and this is pastoral epistles here, and this is Paul talking to Titus, who was a young pastor, and he said, but you know, even though we have, uh, we're in two different generations, we have a common faith, and that common faith is built on the truth, and that common faith produces a godly lifestyle inside of us, and that common faith also gives us an eternal hope. So we have a common faith that produces a common godliness that has a, uh, a, a common goal that we're going to go to heaven together. The life Life of holiness is essential if we are going to go to heaven together. We know the truth. It produces godliness. It results in us being in heaven together. This is what Paul is saying to this young pastor. Paul and Titus embrace a common faith established on truth. That's belief and godliness. That's behavior. I'll never forget. I've told you this before, but several years ago, I was actually preaching at a camp meeting in Indiana with Brother Paul Mooney. And I was a day speaker. He was a night speaker. And so uh, Darren Williams was having this, this roundtable discussion with a lot of young leaders and a lot of young preachers. And, and this is what the young preachers said. Uh, they asked the question, said, what bothers you? 
what bothers you in the ministry. And all of the young preachers raised their hand, and this is what they said. It troubles us to know that at youth camps and camp meetings, we see people on the platform that are singing and leading, but we know them. They are our contemporaries and our peers and our friends, and we know that a day-to-day life is not being lived by the ones that are being promoted at major events. And so those young preachers were saying, It gets a little bit disheartening because we see people up there proclaiming to believe one thing, but they're living a different life when they get off the platform. This is what Paul was drilling home to this young pastor, and he was saying, look, I need you to go to Crete, which was an island off of Asia Minor, and he said, I need you to go ahead and conduct business there with those churches right outside of Asia Minor, because there are a lot of things that are undone in those churches. What he was saying to that young pastor is the pastoral responsibilities are not going to be easy for you, but you have to love the truth so much that you're not worried about popularity opinion and you will embrace the word of God the knowledge of God and that you will straighten the church out make sure that they are ready for the rapture when the trumpet sounds this is what the Apostle Paul was saying to the young pastor can I say today at the 21st century we need to be the same way leadership and pastoral ministry may not be comfortable the world may be trying to bleed into the church but we need to be as consistent as we can in what we are professing to believe let's behave that way 24-7 so that we have a church ready for the rapture note that most of the traits that he mentions deal with personal character before gifts, skill sets, or competencies. Note what Paul considered most important. I'm going to give you five important areas to build your care. Personal life. This is what he said. These are, these are the characteristics, and they're very similar to what Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3. He said, blameless. This is personal life. Blameless. So, so underneath each one of these lists we could ask ourselves am i living a life that's blameless not self-willed not quick-tempered not violent sober-minded holy and self-controlled that's just personal life second is family life he must be the husband of one wife with faithful children those faithful children within that home life cannot be accused of dissipation or insubordination These are character qualities that one must look for when somebody's going to take a leadership role inside of a church. So what does the word dissipation mean? It means one who wastes or causes loss. Does a man or a woman's children waste the things of God and cause loss? That's dissipation. At the same time, are they insubordinate to spiritual authority? So we're looking at personal life. This is family life. Third is social life. That leader must be hospitable, not given to wine, sober-minded, just, holy, and self-controlled. Financial life, a steward of God, not greedy for money. Fifth is spiritual and professional life, not accused of insubordination. So what he's saying is make sure that your Christianity leaves Sunday and goes to work with you in the workforce and you're not insubordinate to those who are in authority over you. Make sure that you are a lover of what is good, that you are just, that you are holding fast the faithful words, and you are able to exhort and convict those who contradict the truth. 
I'm going to close. Please stand with me. Character flaws are a lot like sinkholes. In a moment's time, everything you have built around it or on top of a character flaw can collapse. It can collapse. Do we have that slide? Character flaws are like sinkholes. What is character? And I close. The word comes from an ancient Greek word meaning to engrave. And it means to make a mark of distinctive quality. Character. It's who we are. It's that inner core of our soul that determines our actions, reactions, and even our inactions. Character is a firm sense of right and wrong, a value system arising from a conviction of biblical absolutes, but even more, it is a commitment to do what is right and what is ethical, regardless of personal cost, risk, or discomfort. Have you led yourself well? I want to open the altar tonight for anyone who you feel like God is dealing with you. And God has put a calling in your life. God has put a seed inside of you, but the seed needs to grow. And before any advancement can occur, there has to be the strong development of character. And as the singers and the musicians come, if you're here and God is dealing with you, you're going through a storm in your life, God's working on your character. Please step out. Part of what we're going to be studying is humility. When the altar call comes, it's all about humility. Are we humble enough to say, God, I haven't arrived yet. I need you to grow me. I need you to shape me. I need you to change me. God, I don't want my life to be like a sinkhole where it collapses. Precious Jesus. That's it. That's it. Those of you that have been around people with character flaws, those that have compromised, be real careful. Those lingering spirits will hang around. Those lingering spirits will knock on your door and see if you'll open. Those lingering spirits will want to know, would you embrace the Trinity? Would you embrace compromise? No, uh uh-uh. I made up my mind a long time ago. I'm not embracing it. I'm here to serve the Lord. I'm here to serve the Lord. That's it. Please come closer. Come closer. God of heaven, I love you. God, grow me. God, grow my life. I need you, Master. I need you, Master. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Upper Room Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it this week, and we can't wait to see you next week for an all-new episode. Hey, if you want to stay connected with Calvary Pentecostal Church and the Upper Room Podcast, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Calvary Ulyss, or visit our website at calvaryulyss.org. That's calvaryulyss.org. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope to see you next week. God bless.